John Henry Jowett once wrote, I'd rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. D.L. Moody echoed those comments by saying, I'd rather be able to pray than to be a great preacher. Jesus Christ never taught his disciples how to preach, but only how to pray. We've been on an adventure this fall, walking through the book of James, and uh, this, which is uh, this, this little letter we've been looking at, written in the first century to Christian Jews scattered across what we know uh, now as Eastern Europe and the Middle East. It's a letter that, that gets right at some of the key conversations in our spiritual lives. How, how should I use my words to honor God? Uh, the importance of not discriminating, uh, how to walk through difficult circumstances well, and, and, and so much more. We, we've looked at uh, uh, several things along the way through, through the last couple of months. And, and as James wraps up this letter, uh, he addresses a key issue of spiritual life that applies to all of us, uh, which is prayer. I told you in the, in the first message, so I know this is weeks and weeks and weeks ago, we have lived much life in the last two months uh, since this, but I told you that James had a nickname uh, between, uh, among the members of the early church. Um, online, if you know it, uh, type it in. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm, I'm under no illusions that you're going to know this. Th- those of you here, you can yell it out. Tim, if somebody types it in back there and you see it, you can yell it. Anybody remember what James's nickname is? Old camel knees. There's some candy out there in the uh, in the. Well, actually, it's for everybody. But anyway, you get uh, you get a prize. Old camel knees. Um, it wasn't that he had arthritis real bad. Well, he might have, but that wasn't the reason. Uh, the the reason is because James was known as being a man of prayer. He prayed so much. They they, they say that he was always on his knees, worshiping God and praying. For people, uh, so so James knew a thing or two about this topic of prayer, uh, prayer that works. Our series has been called "Faith That Works," and I think we could probably, uh, and I have called this sermon "Prayer That Works." Uh, and I think that's the number one question that we have when it comes to prayer, right? Uh, how do I pray so that it works for me, right? I mean, that really gets to the, to the heart of it. If I'm going to pray, I, I want it to work. If it doesn't work, then why should I pray? Or, or if it doesn't seem to be working for me, then why not? Am I doing something wrong? Does God not like me? How can I make prayer work for me? We should look and see what old camel knees says about prayer in James chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Uh, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. A lot there. First off, we, we need to see who this was written to and maybe if it applies to us. Uh, so uh, so if, has anyone ever experienced trouble in your life? You can raise... You, this is interactive. You can raise anybody. Okay, maybe a little bit. Okay. Has anyone ever been happy? A couple of you. Okay, good. Uh, anybody ever been sick before? 
Maybe you're sick now. Maybe that's why you're not here. Uh, anybody ever? Here's here's a little bit more, uh, you know, personal. Anybody ever struggled with sin before? I see that hand. Let's pray. No, uh, exactly. That's that's what it is. Let's let's pray, right? Uh, if you fit, most of us, I think, fit into at least one, probably all of those categories. If you do, then James wrote this passage for you. Uh, it, the, the direction is the same no matter what, no matter where we find ourselves, in trouble, happy, sick, uh, struggling with sin, uh, he says pray. Uh, no matter where you find yourself in life, get some camel knees. He says uh, pray alone, uh, praise God, pray with others. Uh, your prayers will look a little different depending on your circumstances, but James says we need to pray. Whatever you're facing, pray. And maybe you say, okay, Pastor Pete, we got it. We hear about prayer all the time in church. I mean, it's one of the three answers in Sunday school that's always right. First one is, if somebody asks a question in Sunday school, you say, Jesus, you're probably right. Uh, the second one, read your Bible, that's got to be right. And then the third one is, pray, right? It's just one of those basic things. And so we, we hear, yeah, 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 I need to pray, I need to pray. But, but how can we really pray so that it, quote unquote, works? Before we go any further, we, we have to define works, because I think I know how you're probably defining it. It's how I define it most of the time. Uh, we could probably say it this way. How do I make things happen the way I want? That's when prayer works, right? Uh, that's how we treat prayer anyway. I want prayer to work, but uh, in saying that I want prayer to work, I, I want things to turn out the way I think they should. Uh, I want the promotion. I want a healed and healthy body. I want my finances to improve. I want that special someone to marry me. I, I want everything to work out just like at the end of the Hallmark Christmas movies, right? Uh, the guy kisses the girl who just got a great job and it starts snowing on Christmas Eve at the Christmas tree lighting on the town square under the mistletoe. Woo! Right? That's how it's supposed to work. We want the story, uh, story uh, book ending, right? The fairy tale comes to everything. Everyone lives happily. That's what we want prayer to do for us. Eh, maybe we wouldn't admit it. I think that's underlying a lot of things. Prayer, a lot of times, a prayer that I think most people would define as successful or working is prayer that gives me what I want. But what if I told you that that's not the way God defines prayer. What if I told you that prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want? Bill Hybels in his classic book called Too Busy Not to Pray gave a great explanation of how God works when it comes to answering prayer. Uh, God always answers prayer. He just doesn't always answer the way we want him to. Sometimes... Sometimes God says no. You've probably heard the Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayer, all about a girl that he asked out in high school, and she said no. And then later, you know, years later, he saw her, I don't know, at a football game or a reunion or something, and then he said, thank God for unanswered prayer. I'm glad that didn't work out, right? Uh, God is God. You are not. Sometimes he says No. No is a complete sentence. No is an answer to prayer. It's, it's, it's not that God didn't answer. He just said no. He doesn't even have to tell us why. Sometimes God says no. That's an answer. At other times, the, the, the timing is off. And sometimes God says slow. Wait a little bit. 
Have you ever considered how much time people uh, spent waiting in the Bible? We live in such a fast-paced culture, and, and, and even in reading the Bible, we can you know, flip to the end of the story a couple chapters later, and everything worked out, and everything, this is how it, and, but, but I mean, it was a long, I mean, Joseph in, in Genesis uh, was in jail, and he told the guy to, to, to tell the, the, the Pharaoh about him, two years he waited before, before he, re- oh yeah, there's this guy, and I need to, two years. The Israelites uh, waited 40 years to enter the promised land, just kind of retracing their steps in the wilderness. 40 years. The Jews, and we'll, we'll uh, hear a little bit about this next week, that the Jews waited 400 years. The, the span between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, the coming of Jesus, 400 years they waited for the promised Messiah. Generations upon end. A very common answer from God is slow. It's not time yet. Psalm 40 verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Psalm 27, 13 and 14, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Sometimes God says slow. Sometimes uh, God leaves us in a situation instead of delivering us right away because he wants us to grow. And that can be another answer. There are are things that you will learn going through a struggle that you will never learn any other way. So don't be in such a hurry to get out of difficult situations. We we looked at this in in the first week of this uh, series as well in James chapter 1 and and talked about how God uses difficult circumstances many times to mature us, to help us grow. And so sometimes we, we cry out to God for deliverance and he says, I want you to stay in this for a while so that you can grow. At other times, uh, God answers prayer uh, by uh, using us, uh, involving us as the answer to prayer. Sometimes he says, go. Uh, you could be the answer to someone's prayer. Instead of praying for God to provide someone to intervene and to help, he may well want you to step in and make the difference. Sometimes he says, go. And of course, sometimes God says, yes. But that one doesn't rhyme, so we're not going to talk about that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, he gives us what we ask for. But, and that's usually when we say, oh, prayer worked because I got what I wanted. God said yes. God, or we say, oh, God answered prayer. You, you look up there, there's, there's five different ways that God answers prayer. We usually only count the last one. But God answers no matter what. Uh, because in all of those, I don't know if you, you realize it there, in all of those if we are shifting our, our uh, definition of prayer, prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want. In all of those, we're connecting with God. We're learning what it means when he says no. When, when God says no, when he closes a door, that is a, a, a great way to, uh, to sense God's, uh, God's direction in life, right? Well, it's not that way. I'm going to go a different way. We can connect with God no matter what the answer uh, to, to, to prayer because prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want. And it's that connection with God that brings his, as James says, his power and effectiveness, The last part of verse 16 says that it's the prayer of a righteous person that is powerful and effective. And and maybe maybe then you go, oh, well, that's why my prayer isn't going anywhere. I'm not a righteous person. There we go. Check it out. Well, you know what? That that really could be the case. Uh, uh, Sin in our lives hinders the effectiveness of our prayers. And and, and old camel knees would, uh, would have us to know that. 
Uh, prayer is centered in a right relationship with God. Proverbs 15.8 says that the prayer of the upright pleases God. Uh, uh, in, and in verse 29, God hears the prayer of the righteous. Righteousness uh, is, seems to be tied with effectiveness in prayer, effectiveness in connecting with God. If we're not righteous, well, what does righteous mean? Well, it's simply a, uh, a right relationship with God, living in a good relationship with God. Because of God's love for us, because of Jesus' death and resurrection, it is possible to be rightly related to God. And, and if we are, it shows up in our prayer life. God is, is, is not just someone to cry out to in a, for a magical fix when I think something's wrong in life. He wants an ongoing relationship, and that's righteousness. And it, it takes that right relationship with God in order for prayer to be powerful and effective, in order to effectively connect with him. As we saw in chapter 4 last week, uh, sin is like cheating on God. It's a big deal. Uh, Why would God bless someone who's cheating on him, right? Uh, How can we expect God to answer our prayers uh, the way we we would desire or even connect with us at all uh, to look favorably upon us if we're living contrary to the way that he wants us to live? It is the prayer of a righteous person that is powerful and effective. Your relationship with God uh, affects your prayer life. If, if it feels like you're not connecting with God in prayer, the first thing to do is to evaluate if there's unconfessed sin that needs to be dealt with. How, how do we deal with sin in our lives? Well, James says here, confess it. But, but not just confess it to God, right? He says, confess your sin to each other so that we can pray for each other. So during the rest of our time today, we've got a live mic here, and it's set up, and uh, I'm just going to, I think it's time, we're live streaming to the world, I think it would be a great thing for us to just do some confessing. So who's going to be first? Just kidding. I'm, you guys got a little scared. Don't, don't point out anybody. That's, yeah, I'll, okay, yeah, I'll go first, that's good. The, the setting here that James is, uh, is, is talking to is uh, the context of a close-knit community. And, and we are a, a close-knit community. The, the, the prayer that, that, that James is, is describing here, it's painting a picture of community of believers where we're helping each other to connect with God. So we need some trusted friends that, uh, that are going to be helping us to connect with God that we can be honest to, that we're relating to. Uh, of course, there is time for personal prayer and we need to confess our sin to God. But, but a huge reason that the church exists is to provide a community of believers who love each other and help each other grow healthy and whole. And sometimes that means praying for people who are sick. James describes that process there. Uh, believing for healing. Uh, when Maybe even when that person can't uh, see their way through or, or believe it for themselves. Sometimes that means dealing with sin. Praying for strength in the midst of temptation. James says the prayer that works is prayer that involves and includes others. It's a community event. We connect with each other, and then we help each other to connect with God. That's uh, part of this, uh, this definition of prayer. Prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want. Uh, on the surface here, uh, in this passage in James 5, it might look like prayer is, is simply about being right with God, then grabbing some oil, following the formula, dumping it on somebody, and uh, then God's going to do what I want him to. 
That's not quite it. We need to go a little bit deeper there. When I look at the rest of Scripture, I see that prayer didn't always work or uh, people didn't always get what they wanted. Uh, It didn't always work for some pretty righteous people. Uh, King David prayed for his son to live and he died. The Apostle Paul prayed for his, uh, this painful problem. We don't know what it was, but he calls it a thorn in the flesh. He prayed that it would be removed, and it wasn't. It, Moses, Jonah, Jeremiah, Elijah, uh, all at different times, pray that they, pr- they prayed that they could just die. They didn't. <laughs> Jesus, the Son of God, prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that he wouldn't have to die. But he did. Some pretty righteous people prayed for things that they wanted and they didn't get them. So did prayer not work for them? Or do we need to redefine what it means for prayer to be powerful and effective? James helps by giving an example as as he explains what what prayer should look like in our lives. In verses 17 and 18, we read it a minute ago. He said, "Here's a in my words, I guess, here's a picture of a powerful, effective prayer. Elijah. You know, Elijah, he's just like us, he says. And, and I think, okay, Elijah, he's just like, just like us. Let me tell you a little bit about Elijah, and, uh, and then you can judge whether you think uh, James is, uh, is telling us the truth or not, if he was just like us. Elijah, uh, you, maybe you've heard of him, he's a prophet from the, uh, from the Old Testament, uh, largely considered the most effective holy prophet who ever walked the earth. He didn't even die. Uh, God just sent a fiery chariot one day to swing down and pick him up and take him to heaven. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and, and James says that Elijah was just like us. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about Elijah's story. It's in 1 Kings uh, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, Elijah confronted uh, the, the, the most wicked duo in the Old Testament, King Ahab and, and Queen Jezebel. And he, came, uh, he was uh, bold enough to come and confront them in their sin. Uh, Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and, and James mentions that. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. During that time, as the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the famine ensued because there was no rain, Elijah was fed by birds. And, uh, and, and then he was fed by a, a poor widow and her son. And, and their food supernaturally never ran out because Elijah was, was praying that it wouldn't. And, and during the time uh, that he's living with this, uh, this widow and her son, uh, the, the, the son died. Elijah prayed. God raised him back to life. Uh, later, Elijah has a contest with the prophets of Baal, which was a, a, a false god of the Old Testament. And, and Baal didn't answer the false prophets' prayers, but God answered Elijah's prayer in a dramatic way. Fire from heaven, kaboom, in front of all the people. Uh, and everybody's chanting together, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. And Elijah uh, won a great victory that day. And then Elijah prayed seven times for it to rain again, and it did. And uh, one more thing I think is a real cool part of the story. Uh, He he ran down from the mountain, and uh, he he actually ran faster. It was 17 miles down this mountain, um, and uh, he he outran a horse-drawn chariot as he's supernaturally fueled by God, uh, taken off as the rain is coming. Uh, pretty, Pretty amazing stuff, and so far, none of that is helping me to identify with Elijah, right? Uh, Elijah was just like me. Mm. Elijah was not just like me. He was incredible. He, he, he seemed to have the, the ear of God and supernatural things just happened and, and James must, uh, must not know what he's talking about here. Elijah was not just like us. 
Well, there is a little bit more to the story. First Kings 19 talks about Elijah's emotional breakdown. Yeah, there we go. Maybe that's just like us, right? When Queen Jezebel threatened him, he ran away. He wanted to die. God still encountered him in that depression. And he empowered Elijah in the midst of his fear and his weakness. He spoke to him personally, whispering in his ear. Called him to do, continue to do more. And somewhere in Elijah's story, we begin to see that it wasn't Elijah who was all that amazing. It was Elijah's God who was amazing. I mean, Elijah was a human being just like us. James is right. He prayed, supernatural things happened. Not because he had it all together. Uh, sure, he was, he was righteous. Uh, he was following God closely, doing his best to follow God. But, but God didn't stop the rain because Elijah was so amazing. God stopped the rain because God is God. And the same God who connected with Elijah is your God today. Prayer is not about getting things from God but about desperately seeking connection with him. I've heard people say, oh, I can't pray in this group or in this Sunday school class or whatever, you know, over the years. Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not good at it. It's not, don't ask yourself if you're good at prayer or not. Ask yourself, am I desperately seeking to connect with God? Of course, God answers prayer. He wants us to pray. He tells us to pray. He's instructed us on how to pray. He expects us to pray. But before we ever pray to get something from God, we have to desperately want to know God. And it's in the context of that relationship that he pours out his blessings. Not always giving us what we want, but everything we need. Oswald Chambers says it this way, the point of prayer is not to get answers from God, but to have perfect and complete oneness with him. If we pray only because we want answers, we will become irritated and angry with God. We receive an an answer every time we pray, but it doesn't always come in the way we expect. And our spiritual irritation shows our refusal to identify ourselves truly with our Lord in prayer. Prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want. Are you going through trouble? Are you happy? Are you sick? Are you struggling with sin? Are you fill in the blank? Uh, Let's listen to the instructions of old camel knees. (laughs) Pray. Wherever you find yourself, desperately seek to connect with God because prayer is more about connecting with God than about getting what I want. I've asked the worship team to come up and I'm wondering if we can sing that I want to know you song instead of what we had planned. Can we do that? You guys okay with that? I want to know you. Can we do that? We, so we sang it a bit ago. Uh, if it was new to you, now you know it. Uh, let's stand together. I'm going to, uh, probably a good thing to do after a sermon on prayer, I'm going to pray. Uh, and um, what, a, what a great time for us to connect with God, to, uh, to get to know him more. Father God. We thank you that, uh, that you desire to connect with us. What a, what a mind-blowing thing to think that, uh, that you care about us, that you know us by name, that, that, that you desire what's best for us. 
Lord, I pray that if there's anything hindering our connection with you today, maybe there's, there's sin in our lives, Lord, I pray that, that your spirit would point that out, that, that your holy conviction could settle down upon us so that we can make things right. We, we pray that as we encounter people, we would, we would love them, that there would be a, a sense of, uh, of your love uh, in, the, uh, in the interactions and relationships that we have, and that our, our number one goal would be that we can have a spiritual influence in people's lives, that we can love them to life with you, that we can introduce them to the abundant life that you came to bring. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.